Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 2023 State of the Park District Podcast with our theme of sustainability. For this segment, which is titled Natural Area Restoration Projects Promote Local Ecological Health, I am pleased to welcome Director of Parks Tim Quigley and Project Manager Peggy Mata. As a recreation agency, I feel like a lot of people's attention tends to be on the active recreation we provide, youth and adult sports, camps programs, fitness and health, etc. However, our parks and open space are the places that facilitate these activities. Additionally, we know the importance of parkland and the outdoors from an overall wellness perspective, which is something we really came to understand over the past few years. And maintaining these spaces isn't as simple as just mowing or weeding. There's actually a lot more thought, planning, and maintaining that goes into ensuring a healthy outdoor environment for our community. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Tim, I'm going to start with you. So I feel like the district's focus on the environment is an operational aspect that's really expanded over the past 10 to 15 years. What was the impetus for the district to start being more in tune with the environment as it pertains to our operations? Well, that's a great question. Um, there's always been a balance to strike between the community's expectations and the options available to us on uh, with our maintenance practices. As you've mentioned, the last decade plus has provided us with alternatives in products and materials, technology, and industry-accepted practices. For example, some of the products we use, such as organic fertilizers and herbicides, have been around in various forms for years. However, costs were often prohibitive or their effectiveness was somewhat limited. Advances in technology and availability have changed that. Um, the increased efficacy of these products, tools, and equipment, and downward trend in costs has allowed us to branch out more to utilize these options while, st while still striving to meet those community-wide expectations. And around the same time, we began to evaluate many of our own maintenance procedures. New best management practices and industry-accepted standards evolved, and we began to adapt them into our operations. Um, and another uh, certainly important factor uh, to mention, um, I'm looking to my left here at Peggy, uh, <laughs> she joined our planning department around that time, and she helped usher in many of these new approaches and really sped up the learning curve for the entire district regarding the maintenance of our natural areas. That's great. And it's also always nice to see continuous improvement in everything that we do across the district. Without a doubt. Always, always um, you know, more to stay on top of. And as, as I mentioned, things continue to evolve. And um, it's so important to, uh, you know, attend a lot of the different training opportunities we have and, mm -hmm. and meet with staff and learn about some of those, uh, you know, new ideas and approaches to these tasks. Definitely. With more than 2,400 acres of parkland district-wide, there's a lot of diversity across our system with regard to the types of areas and work that needs to be done to maintain and preserve it for the enjoyment of our community. Can you provide an overview, Tim, highlighting this diversity? Sure. Um, when thinking about a typical location within our park system, I'm sure many will picture a manicured landscape setting, often with a playground or baske basketball court, or even one of our sports complexes full of athletic fields, parking lots, and structures. And yes, we do have plenty of parks that fit that description. But with over 2,400 acres of parkland, we also have a variety of natural areas, uh, including greenways, park meadows, 
woodlands, prairies, and shorelines, ponds, and streams. Some of our parks even contain multiple types of these areas within their boundaries. As part of its commitment to caring for the environment, the Park District works to restore the health and diversity of these natural areas, as well as in landscape settings. Diversity is a key component to the health of our natural areas, and that is frequently disrupted by the proliferation of invasive species. Restoration work uh, often involves removal of invasive trees and plants to encourage the growth and spread of natives that are more suited to the area. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, invasive trees and plants are a threat throughout our entire park system and require constant monitoring and attention. Invasive plant materials are spread by wind, water, underground rooting structures, and animals. In a landscape setting, some invasive plants, such as burning bush or Bradford pear trees, are still sold to the public and intentionally um, planted. Even after a restoration project has been completed, each site requires regular visits to help native plantings establish and flourish and prevent invasives from regaining a foothold. It's definitely a challenge to stay on top of this range of diverse areas, but we've been able to bring on talented staff with a background in natural areas over the past few years. Each and every different natural area in our park system has been mapped and cataloged and has its own specific maintenance planned, uh, plan developed over a rolling 10-year period as part of our natural area maintenance plan. While there's a lot to complete on an annual basis, stewardship of these areas helps decrease the number of large-scale restoration projects required in the future. Wow, so there's certainly a lot of considerations to be had. We had to um, start from scratch sure. uh, You know, at the beginning of that uh, 10 to 15-year period mm -hmm. that you had uh, alluded to earlier, and um, it took a while to get there, but we're in a pretty good spot. Um, again, uh, bringing in the, the talented staff that we're able to work with, mm -hmm. not just in parks, but with our planning department, working with contractors, uh, and, and attending a lot of different types of educational uh, training opportunities. Uh, we put together a pretty solid plan, and um, you know, we're, we're pretty excited to what that, that rolling 10-year calendar will bring and, and how much uh, you know, we'll be able to get accomplished in those next few years. So I want to, at some point, delve into a little bit more in detail on some of the areas that Tim talked about, Peggy. But first, I want to start here. Several years back, we included environmental education, stewardship, and sustainability as one of the district's core values. First of all, why is this important to have as a core value? And secondly, in what ways does the district put its attention and resources toward this aspect? There's a lot of information to back up this uh, response that I'm going <laughs> to say here. Sure. And I'll try to be concise. But um, I mean, I think it goes back to the fact that the Park District has been charged with preserving land for f the future in mm -hmm. perpetuity. And it's our responsibility to maintain that land in the best way possible. And so, as Tim said earlier, it's always changing and evolving as we're learning, but we are responsible to, of keeping it healthy, keeping this mm -hmm. land healthy. And I would say possibly half of our total acreage in parks is natural areas. Wow. So, I mean, that includes ponds, rivers, streams, mm -hmm. and just woodlands, prairie, savannas. So what we need to do is 
make sure that that land is healthy for the future. It can educate. It can provide that passive recreation that we so often forget about mm-hmm. in the parks right. department. Um, everyone wants to program activities, but research has shown that passive activity is just as important, if not more important for children and people. I think the pandemic. Mental health? Yeah, the that, pandemic right? taught us sure that. Sure did. So, um, the park district has a responsibility to our community, I think, to keep this land healthy. And um, I think we're doing a pretty good job of that now. Um, we've got, as Tim said, a very good plan in place. Um, if we haven't gotten to all the natural areas, it's going to happen soon. Sure. So. That's great to know. And Peggy, I know that you're very knowledgeable when it comes to restoration projects at the district. You've overseen a wide variety of them, including woodland restoration, park meadow development, and others. Can you explain the main types of restoration projects, kind of delve into a little bit more deeply what Tim was talking about and why they're important to the community? So a long time ago, the Park District was given a lot of detention and retention ponds. And these ponds are really important for our community because they prevent flooding for the residents of Naperville. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand why these were built, but that's originally what they were built for. So a big part of my job in maintaining natural areas includes maintaining these ponds. Previously, they were built with rocks and turf. Mm -hmm. And we now understand that that's not sustainable. So what we do now, um, we go in to try to prevent erosion, which erosion causes problems in our rivers and streams and causes problems for these ponds to get silted in and um, that can be a future problem for everyone. So what I do a lot is naturalize these buffers with native vegetation which includes um, plants that are indigenous to this area with a very nice root mass that holds these shorelines, Mm -hmm. prevents erosion, and creates habitat honestly for um, our native plants, animals, bees, uh, birds, and uh, riparian animals like frogs and toads and lizards and snakes and things like that. So um, that's very important. And another thing that um, I do a lot of is invasive species, as Tim talked about, which Parks does a lot of that too, is getting, sure. eradicating plants that we choke out everything else. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a big part of what I do. Great. So Tim, what is the process for planning a restoration project? So I'll let Peggy know, I, I, I might uh, tag you in here at the end, uh, okay. just to give you a little bit of a warning. Um, but it, it all starts out with the uh, identification of the need. Uh, and that could come from staff or even be passed along by a resident or even another local agency. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll look at each project and determine the scope of work, whether it's something we can do with in-house resources or if it needs to be contracted out. And if it needs to be contracted out, um, does it meet our, our capital projects threshold? And at that point, we might go knocking on Peggy's door and, and say, hey, we might need some assistance uh, in executing this project. Um, budget certainly comes into play, and priorities are set and reviewed with each new project. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have things planned out over the next few years. Something else comes to light, and we have to slot it in and figure out if it fits in the time frame. Um, you know, do we have the financial resources to tend to that one this year? Do we need to plan for it in an upcoming year? 
Um, and, and again, um, you know, many of those ideas are mapped out in our 10-year natural area work plan, uh, but things pop up all the time. Sure. Um, and, and some of them are quick and easy to handle, create a work order, and we can jump on some of those smaller ticket items right away. Others do take quite a bit of planning. Um, so there are projects uh, that we will undertake that we know will generate a lot of interest and or questions. Communication is very uh, important uh, part of the process, and we want to ensure that there is plenty of notice prior to project commencement. When appropriate, uh, the Parks Department will incorporate communications via the district website, signage out in the parks, and even emails or letters to uh, homes within the general vicinity of the project area. And this is where I was going to tag Peggy in, and I know planning, um, <laughs> while we do many things in a similar fashion, um, the way you guys plan out your projects, uh, you know, years in advance frequently um, differs a little bit from parks just in that, um, you know, the the cost uh, on, on a large scale and a lot of the, for example, permitting issues that you deal with and, and multiple phases of, of those large area projects can take a lot of time. Yeah, but it, we do our work based on a lot of the information we gather from parks because park staff is out in these natural areas mm -hmm. much more frequently than we are and so they can let us know what the problems are and where the problems are so um, I do have a um, plan for capital projects mm -hmm. that over many many years but that's with information that we gathered from parks um, and so like as Tim mentioned, some of the projects require permitting through the county or Army Corps of Engineers, a lot of different permitting, permitting agencies. Um, so sometimes those projects have to start in-house a year or two prior to actually seeing any work out in the parks. So. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like there's some nice collaboration between parks and planning, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Tim mentioned earlier, too, is... Um, they've started hiring a lot of people that are knowledgeable about maintaining natural areas. And it's really helpful because we can all go back and forth and learn from sure. each other and push each other a little bit more. And the resources available, um, you know, when we find projects that are a little bit outside of, of the scope of work that we're able to complete in the parks department, um, we're able to tap into some of those contacts that mm -hmm. our planning department has established mm -hmm. over the years or you know, frequently we'll find out they're doing a project nearby, right. and we might reach out to that same contractor and say, hey, you know, Parks would also like to utilize your services while you're in the area. Um, so, so to your point, Sam, uh, that the collaboration opportunities have been really great, um, and, and there's just been a lot to learn from each other, and I think it's just helped really help our maintenance program take off. Tim, as you well know, the Park District is fortunate to have a, a large and active group of volunteers who lend their assistance to a wide variety of projects across the district and throughout the year. And I know they're also used in our park system. Do volunteers have a role in any of the restoration projects that you do? Oh, absolutely. Our volunteers mean so much to us, and they offer an incredible amount of assistance. That's all while offering varying uh, skill levels. For example, uh, we've had groups help haul black alder branches from around ponds during shoreline restorations uh, to staff for chipping. We had a long-serving individual pull garlic mustard in our woodlands. A recurring group of volunteers had an ongoing invasive removal project at the Scent Woods. Uh, 
And more recently at the Garden Plots, volunteers working with our master gardeners recently helped with the installation of native plants in the new oak savanna in an area that had been uh, overgrown by woody invasives. There is just really so much to do um, covering our current number of 136 parks. Um, and, and, and there's not only the project work, but the stewardship to keep up with, uh, the maintenance of those areas and not let things fall behind. And I will just throw a plug in there. Um, if there's desired interest, we can definitely use the help information to reach out, uh, to our volunteer and events manager can be found on our website. Absolutely. So I know that we, Tim had talked about communication and the importance of that aspect. And I know that you're very integral integrally involved, Peggy, in a lot of the outreach for some of these projects. Um, We know, though, that informing the public sometimes only goes so far, and that sometimes residents have differences of opinions with the kind of work that we're doing. How do you, Peggy, engage with residents and help them understand the importance of the work we do, and at the very least try to find some common ground? Sure. Um, What I try to approach these conversations with the mm-hmm. mental, the thoughts in my mind are what what are these people concerned about? Mm-hmm. What are their major concerns? Um, we have a lot of people that are concerned with removal of invasives. And uh, oftentimes it's, you know, screening. Mm-hmm. They feel like we're destroying the environment, even though we're not, we're helping Right. Uh, the environment. So I try to understand what their main concern is mm-hmm. and then try to uh, help them understand why we're doing what we're doing. We're not doing it to destroy their view or to um, cause problems for them. We're doing it to ultimately maintain our natural areas in a healthy way. Because again, reiterating our job is to preserve this land in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. no matter what it is. And um, we try to follow science the best that we can, the current practices, and they do change and evolve over time. So we're constantly um, looking at new ways to maintain our land. And uh, sometimes people don't like that. I I'm honest with them. Mm-hmm. I tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. I say it's not going to be pretty probably for a little while. You're going to feel um, like it's decimated. But mm-hmm. ultimately, over time, it's the best thing to do for the land. And that's our responsibility. Sure. Um, so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But um, a lot of people kind of get it. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, OK. Because I think one good thing is sometimes people think parkland is their land so that's good and bad right sure because we want them to enjoy the land and take ownership of that land but we also need to maintain public land in um, the best way possible so so there's a lot of education in what you do not only educating yourself on kind of what the current standard best practices are but then being able to take that what you've learned and and how we move projects forward at the park district and be able to educate residents Exactly. And I think that people are really coming around. I mean, Mm -hmm. I started at the Park District in 2008, and there was a lot more pushback from residents Mm -hmm. in regards to what are you doing? How could you do this to my land? 
my, you know, my property. They feel like it's their property. Sure. Um, but I would say now people are starting to understand because permitting agencies are requiring it. The city of Naperville is requiring native mm-hmm. landscapes. Um, so people are starting to understand it is the right thing to do. And I would add into that, um, over that nearly 15-year period, uh, we've had plenty of successful examples where we can show, um, right. you know, why exactly. some of these, you know, changes were implemented. And yes, it did take a couple of years for that park mm-hmm. meadow to grow in, but now look at it. And not only that, but then we've developed that time frame to be able to pass along to the residents where we could say, in our experience, when we've installed these things or completed these projects in the past, you'll start to see those, you know, changes that you were expecting mm-hmm. after X amount of time. And here's a great example of a similar type of project. Right. Helps to have that historical perspective. It does. Yeah. And I think, too, because our staff has been truthful and honest with residents, mm-hmm. they we have earned, I think, trust. So they say, oh, you don't just cut this down and then walk away. We do maintain it. Because I think one of the misnomers about native landscapes is some people think like you don't maintain it, but you do Mm -hmm. actively maintain it continually every month. We have people out in the natural areas maintaining them. So um, I think they're beautiful personally. (laughs) (laughs) You have a lot of passion in the work that you do. It's wonderful to see. So, Tim, knowing that 2023, we've got a a lot of projects on the docket that are coming up, what's the best way for our residents to stay current with the restoration projects that are happening this year and in subsequent years in our parks? So very recently, we, um, in in the Parks Department with some of our restoration projects, we we came together as a group and, and the various departments at the district and worked on a communication plan to relay some of those upcoming projects uh, and, and make information available to the public. Um, so with that in mind, if you visit our website at the www.naturevilleparks.org, a restoration projects webpage was created to provide a list of upcoming projects, including an objective synopsis at each location. Clicking on the park name will also lead you to a map of the planned work area within the chosen park. At the bottom of that webpage, additional information on the various types of natural areas we maintain can be found providing a more in-depth reading about each type of restoration project. And a quick plug for the planning department, uh, they also have a capital projects webpage where more information about their scheduled projects for the current year can be found. Webpage visitors will be able to click on each project to view additional details and maps. That's great. There's that communication piece again. I love it. Well, thank you, Peggy and Tim, for spending some time today in the podcast studio and sharing your expertise. It's great to know that environmental initiatives are such an integral part of what we do to be good stewards of our land. So thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District. 